Hi, and welcome to the Saxophone Academy podcast. I'm Dr. Wally Wallace. And I'm Dr. Susan Fanter. And today we are talking about gifts for that saxophonist in your life. And maybe even you might consider the Selmer Supreme. That would be a very loved, loved one if that was the gift. Well, we'll talk about it. Hope you enjoy the episode. So, Sue, we can't leave with that teaser and not talk about the possible biggest Christmas gift. If if Johnny's been very good this year, <laughs> what would be the biggest the biggest best gift they could possibly find under well, the tree? Of course, an, a Supreme, a Selmer Supreme Alto saxophone. Supreme. Can you imagine? You know, when I was teaching uh, younger students, I was amazed at how many parents would go out and buy the latest, most expensive professional model Selmer saxophone for their beginner. Yeah, well, that was that was before. Inflation? I, I don't know. I understand, <laughs> I understand economics, but anyway, but yeah, yeah that would be a great gift. <laughs> yeah, so we've both played it. You've played several, did, yeah. and I've got a full review video coming out next week. But okay, so I'm going to count to three, and then you're going to tell me your unbiased thoughts. One, two, three. What's your opinion? My opinion. Well, I'm still a fan because I'm sort of a Selmer <laughs> fan anyway. But so the I tried one some years ago. Hey, Sue, so what's that yeah. in your pocket? It's a check. Stop. It's a big check. <laughs> a big check. Made no. out to Susan Venture from the Selmer Company. Yeah, I wish they would make me out a check that was big enough so I could buy one of these. Well, I I mean, I really could buy one. I just have to get the right one. So a few summers ago when I was in Maine, I tried one. I absolutely loved it. Right. We it was talked about that. So on the, on the easy to play. Right. Yeah. And the tuning was great. And then I tried one real briefly when I was in Stockholm. It was the 2022 Millennial Edition and loved it. It sounded great. I I wasn't really a fan of how it looked, but if you like that kind of thing. It had the black key guards. Yeah, and it kind of, the brushed finish made it kind of look like plastic. Selmer will edit that out. Don't worry. You can okay, call, that's no, no, fine. No, it's fine. Tell, tell, tell everyone <laughs> that their flagship instrument looks plastic. Well, and the engraving was gorgeous. What, do you hear chains rattling? <laughs> Is that the ghost of Jerome Selmer? Stop. Is it, has I he passed? Ah, okay. I, I don't know. Okay. And then the low B to low B flat was set up for people who like to play that that transition by like leaning their hand instead of rolling their finger over. So that would have to weirdos. Be changed. They're called weirdos. And it was you know it was a millennial edition, so it was even more expensive than just the regular plain old expensive right. Supreme Selmer. Which you know when again we say expensive, but Wally, you and I have lots of friends who play string instruments who laugh and scoff at us right. when we talk about expensive because they spend you know five six seven eight ten thousand on a bow, on a bow. okay yeah. so anyway compared to you know which that- we don't mean um the southern boyfriend not no. yeah, those come free <laughs> You just you just got to get I along with so. their memos. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Then you get a bow. But then you get like a B O W. B O W. The yeah. thing you use to play a violin. And so this one I just tried minutes ago. So while he's got here. So I've it's got a Selmer beautiful. in my studio. Yeah. Um, if you want to come check it out, the address is not. <laughs> yeah. So um, there's a line out the door. Brian right? at GetUsX.com said, "Hey, I got a I got a Supreme in. Do you want to try it?" Yeah. It and plays beautifully. It's were, so beautifully in tune. There was a delay in me getting it that I'll talk about in a second oh, when I yeah. give my first thoughts. So yeah. this one you played. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think it's more um, resistant than, than my current saxophone. So it felt a little dark. And so I'd have to get used to it. And, and uh, that's not something I'm a big fan of. I don't want to have to get used to a horn. I want to buy it and be like, this is awesome and right. get on with my life. <laughs> Cause you'll have to adjust your playing a little bit to any new horn, but right. you know, why have one where you're like, Hmm, it's not exactly the sound I want to get, but I still maintain that most of the sound that you get out of a saxophone is, is the sound you want to get. 
Eventually, you'll figure out how to get there. And the question is, is the equipment making it easier for you to get that sound that you imagine? Right. Or is it making it harder? Is it and more so fun while you're getting I would have sound. to spend a week with that and decide if I was going to get that one. But I'm waiting for Al down at our local store, more music, to get one in. And maybe that'll be one that I'll fall in love with right away. Well, I'm going to slip Evan a fiver so I get the first notice when it comes in. Hey. All right, I'll let you <laughs> well, have it. Well, that's fine because I know you'll share and let me look at it. Yeah. Well, so I, so Sue played. He looks at me like yeah, so. Maybe let's talk about the the the, the, the pros for that yes. incredible price because yeah. yeah. new they're over six grand I think. Yeah. Um, they're very expensive. So the pros we can both agree on aesthetics. It's it's beautiful. Least, we're not talking the millennial edition. We're talking the standard one with that yeah. with that that gold and lacquer. It's the blue enamel Selmer logo on the neck. Yeah, it's really beautiful. The engraving is really nice. It's now they could have a couple of those little molecule. Um, Engravings and it goes up the side onto the neck. And at first, I thought they were lint, so oh, I was I was like, oh, funny. and I realized like, oh no, that's actually the engraving. I'm not yeah. being I'm not being funny. Yeah, I actually yeah, did. you actually did. <laughs> Some of the engraving are really small and, and go, and they kind of remind me like eye floaters. You know, <laughs> just, just, just you, like, you don't trust your eyes, <laughs> right? Is that an eye floater yeah. or like no? Okay, that's actually the engraving. Yeah, it goes up under but, some of the keywork and stuff. Yeah. Right. So it does. Yeah. And so I think aside from that. It, overall, if you just look at the horn in your lap and you're yeah. not like zooming in on one part, I think it's one of the most beautiful instruments I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, ergonomically, I liked it very much. Yeah, it uh, feels the, great the in the hand. It, yeah. And they didn't overdo it. I played some where they like buck the side keys out, like we're going to make this super easy. And yeah. it's like, it feels cumbersome. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. The front F key. Did you notice the, the shape of the front F key? I didn't even play it. Okay. Oh, tell me what it is. Well, it's shaped <laughs> like a palm key. So it's oh, yeah. it's got a, a vertical... Um, you know, oh, like, yeah. you know the, that leaf shape of the yes. palm key. It looks like another palm key in the uh, same orientation. So it's interesting. They made the front F key look like the fourth palm key, yeah. which I really like. And then yeah. the side F sharp is the the rounded pearl. It's not the yeah. flat bar. Yeah. What is your series two? Is it a it's bar? It's a flat bar. It's yeah, flat bar? It's a bar. Yeah. So they've gone back to the pearl. So what I like is the right-hand stack has four things in the palm yeah. keys. So it's kind of yeah. these groupings of four, which, you know, uh, the Zen and the Art of Flower Arranging would teach us odd numbers would be better. But I will say <laughs> the, the way they grouped it, it just feels like very thought out. The case, what do you think of the case? I like it. Uh, it's big. It's not light. But yeah. it's got pockets everywhere. Yeah. Pockets for days. Pockets for days. That'll be the name of our The our, problem our is TLC then you put show. a lot of stuff in it and then it gets really heavy. I don't but know. I, I really like the case. Yeah, it feels it's beautiful. It may be a little bit bigger and heavier than I would like, but it feels like it's like well I will say when you're figuring the cost, if you buy a brand new Yamaha or Yanagasawa, first thing I'm gonna do is drop five hundred plus on an yeah. aftermarket case. Right. So this case, no need to upgrade. No, you it's wouldn't fantastic. do that. It's got no. that really f- uh, dense, beautiful BAM-like yeah. foam. Yeah, um, it looks like your your horn's going to be really, really well protected. Yeah, there's pockets. Yeah. Did you say pockets and pockets straps? Pockets yeah. and straps <laughs> and gizmos. And even like an accessory pouch that zips inside the case. Yeah. So like you're yeah. not going to have stuff rattling around. It's really a well-sorted case. Yeah, I, well, I think they put a lot of thought and, and got a lot of opinions when they were making this redesign. Right. No, I mean, it feels like a lot of thought went into this. Yeah. And they might have been like, all right, fellas, Series 3 <laughs> did not catch on. Old old Johnson's got to keep his job here. we got to pull out all the stops, man. <laughs> I just want them to do a soprano. A Supreme Soprano? Yeah, that's what I want. Soprano, Supreme. Okay. That's what I want. So, um... Let's talk. Oh, one of the other great things is, is you and I will both agree it has uh, the intonation is the best we've ever played on any saxophone. Yeah, hands down. Yeah, um, it's really good, and they fix a lot of problems. The C yeah. sharp is in tune. Yeah, 
Um, so much so, now the only slight annoyance is that for 30 years I've been playing a covered C-sharp, ring finger with octave key to bring yeah. my C-sharp in tune. Yeah. And this, if you do that, it makes it slightly flat. Yeah. But mm. you, you don't need it. You yeah. just take your fingers off and the C-sharp is just sorted. It's yeah. just fixed. Um, I, I would have to play around with it for a while because I'm thinking about tone connection between that C-sharp and D sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Not just I know, I can, I can you know bring it into about. tune. Yeah, that's what but, I'm thinking. I would still use it in yeah. some places. But I mean, it's, the, 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 the middle D is about as, about oh as well brought into to line as yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, that's amazing because that's usually just so sharp. Right. It's, the intonation yeah. is so good. Yeah. Um, so all those things quiet. are incredible prices. Of course, it's, it's new. It's, yeah. <laughs> I will say even for a new instrument, it's uh, the key action is very quiet yeah. and, and feels very, yeah. very good. Now, this has been, let's talk about a couple of the negatives. Yeah. And one of the big negatives is, um, and I get some hate mail, I think this is pretty across the board with Modern Selmer. Um, when it came in to my dealer, he said, oh, got it in. You want to review it? I said, yes. He said, wait, it's not in playing condition. Wow. Pulled it yeah. out of the plastic, leaks galore. The pads wow. were not seated correctly. It wow. really needed work. Yeah. Now, I'm not being a Silmar artist, can say that when I was in college, my friends were like, oh, I just got a new Silmar. Oh, how's it play? Like, well, it's at my repair text. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, I just got the Series 2. You got to get it set up. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. You get it set up. I'm like, well, you know, you get a new Silmar and you get it set up by your tech. You know, just once over and, you know, make sure it's all. And I was like, no, I pull my Yamaha out of the plastic. I take yeah. out the little, one time I took the a Yamaha out of the plastic. That, and I was like, oh no, there's something wrong. Oh, I missed a cork. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. know, that was, that was the problem. Great. Yeah. Then, it was, then it played like every yeah. other Yamaha. Yeah. Um, and so I got to say, pretty disappointing in the, the care taken to set it up before it's leaving or arriving. Yeah, and that's a little weird that it had to have that much stuff done. And it's first, so yeah. consistent. And the, the nature of these leaks were not bumped in transition. No, these were not yeah. well put in pads. Jeez. Um, not regulated correctly. And All right, well, I'm just going to be quiet and not say anything. <laughs> right. Um, so then this is coming from my dealer who has no Yeah, no, he's no got no interest. skin in the game. Yeah, no skin no, in the game. No, no, and no, like, no. I mean, yeah. he would love it if a Silver yeah. Supreme came in. He got it. Like, great. I don't Didn't have to do anything, could just sell it. <laughs> but that's his, his Brian at, at Gettysburg is his reputation. He does yeah. not not let horns go out the door in condition that it's not advertised. Right. If he says it's an overhaul, it's going to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I trust him on that. So yeah. that's a little bit of a disappointment. And then the tone quality, um, it was dark, this one we have It's in. darker. Yeah. It's darker. It's darker than my horn. Yeah. I'm going to use the word stuffy. I wouldn't use the word stuffy. I would say it's got a little bit of resistance, which I don't know if you noticed, okay, when I realized, okay, I can't get my sound out of this horn by just kind of passively blowing into the saxophone. And I kind of turned it on a little bit. I started to get a little bit more color out of it. I think there's a lot you can do with this saxophone because of that resistance probably. Okay. So maybe you can really push your dynamic range because you can get this, you know, really quiet, take the edge off kind of sound, and then you could push it and get more of that sound. It's not hard to be edgy on a saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. But you know, that's I just, don't. You know, but, Sue, when yeah. I buy a new saxophone, <laughs> I don't want to put on salt and pepper and. Yeah, push it. no, it's true. Push it. Well, that's what I said to you after I tried. It. I said, "Well, okay, so I could probably spend a couple of weeks." with it and work with it and get to my get to my sound and all that. But my idea when you buy a new saxophone is it should play great day I, one. I think it does yeah. play great. It's just yeah. not how I want. And I will say yeah, yeah, yeah. this is not a re, it's not a leak issue because the low no. end saying. No, 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 no. So oh my gosh. The yeah. resistance here is not a mechanical issue. Yeah. It's the nature of the of the instrument. Of that particular one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't remember that from the one I played uh, a few years ago. 
years ago. So and here's my so major gripe. So they're just gripe. not going to be that consistent? I don't know. Mm, yeah. Yes. Mm. Um, even so, a friend of ours, I'm not going to mention her name so she doesn't get hate mail. She has, uh, we're talking about saxophones, and she yeah. said, oh, yeah, my Series 3. And I was like, you still playing a Series 3? And she said, oh, yeah, I've got one of the good ones. And so when I know um, when I'm talking about um, this, this, this Selmer Supreme, someone thinking is like, oh, no, Wally, like, oh, I, no, no, you didn't get one of the good ones. And that's kind of yeah, a big- Yeah, because they charge the same amount of money for big, all of them. Big darn yes. problem. If you're yeah. a family or like, you know, you're a quasi hobbyist and you want to spend six grand to get the best saxophone. Yeah. I don't want there to be a chance I didn't get, quote, one of the good ones. Right. And I know full well as you played three and they were all- They're different. different, yeah. Right. And so that can be part of the charm, but yeah. I think- at six thousand plus dollars, it just all better be pretty darn consistent and pretty great. Okay, so maybe the Summer Supreme's not the thing to buy for a saxophonist in your life. It's to let them pick it out and, I and really, choose it. I don't think you should buy a saxophone. And eventually, for eventually, there will be enough stock. Right now, there's wait yeah. lists and they're hard yeah, to get. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and there's lots of other saxophones you could go in the store and buy tomorrow, and they'd be great for for John or Jill under the tree to have. Tomorrow. Right. I will say, <laughs> I, I, you know, when I when I bought. So my Yamaha I ordered three. I couldn't tell them apart. It was a big waste of That's money to, to get three in. Yeah. Uh, when I bought my Yanagasawa, the AW010. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> You're on, you're on, it's, 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 Some number, crap. 10, yeah, 12, 45. I tried the 01, the 10, the 02, the 20, and a 30. They were all just, I pulled them out of the plastic and I, they were just wow. perfect. Yeah. They were great. That's awesome. So this, I think it's, yeah, I would not just order a Summer Supreme Sight Unseen. I would go yeah. play it and make sure. Oh, for sure. That's for you to like put a gift card under the tree for right. the saxophonist in your life. I want to know, who's, certificate. I wonder who's getting like a $6,500 gift certificate. Yeah. I, want, I, want, I want one. I want, that, I want that friend in my life. Yeah, right, exactly. So <laughs> this is great consumer advice. If you want to give someone a Summer Supreme for Christmas, give them $6,000. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> or more. I, they may even be more. I don't and, know how much and, they are right and, now. And talk to a dealer and get one ordered, right? <laughs> so they can wait. I don't know how long it's going to take. It'll be interesting to see how long it takes for more music to get. Well, that then, one in. Um, so I think it was. I first, someone on on my um, my private studio forum said it'll be interesting to see what the used market for them looks like in a year. Like, oh, meaning, yeah. are people like? Are they smitten? It's the newest thing. It's so yeah. great. Bells and buy, bells and buttons and whistles and oh, it's so pretty. Yeah. And then like. It's just, I will say, um, there's no chance I would trade my Mark VI for it. Um, I understand that. Well, you're in love with that Mark VI, and you just let me play it, and wasn't right. that it? Yeah. Is that right. the one you let me play? Your the, real the, one? It the, wasn't just like the plan, you know, second I, or third best saxophone. It was really I your do good not one? have multiple Mark Sixes hanging that, out in my basement. That was I have, it's really great. I, have, I think seven it's altos really, in my basement. Really, really great. The only problem for me as a primarily classical player mm -hmm. is it doesn't have a high F sharp key. But I mean, usually for Altismo, I don't use that key anyway. I use right. you know. But there's the enough ones. classical literature that yeah, you that, want it. Yeah, but oh my God, that's a great horn, Wally. And I feel there's And more that also was not cheap. By the way, no, it was the same price uh, yeah, as the yeah, new, yeah. Um, new Supreme. So for a jazz player, I, 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 I wanted to like the Supreme, and yeah. so much so um, that when it came in, I thought like, all right, um, Brian is my dealer. I could trade in my Mark VI, and I no, finally, no, no, I was thinking that really? because like I opened the case, I saw the case. Oh, um, yeah. So I met um, uh, Tyler from Get a Sax at a coffee yeah. shop, and he was doing the handoff. And I and he just brought out the case. I was like, Oh, oh you're already my. in love with it. And then I open it up, and you pull off that little uh, polishing cloth. Yeah, you know, off the top, yeah. they have like a like a. Um, a it's bespoke. got a little blanket. Right, and like uh, branded for that. And I thought, Oh, I want this. And then I held it, and I was like, Yes, 
I was like, all yeah. right, so I'm going to trade this in, and hopefully Brian will will give me a good price for yeah. the trade in. Yeah. And then I played it, and I was, and I just could not fall in love with the tone. It was not as flexible. I would not as trade open. your. I would not trade your Mark Six for that horn. I would trade no. my Mark Six for a good Yamaha. I feel honestly, after spending some time with the Mark Six, I think yeah. a good Yamaha EX is pretty comparable. Well, that was what was the one you first handed me that was great. It was Yamaha EX. <laughs> it's great. Why do why do you have both those? That's an awesome horn, Wally. I Never don't, mind. Let's I go. Don't, on. I don't know. <laughs> so let's uh, because you can. So I just wanted to. I just want to be the point. I'm not biased. Yeah. I really wanted to like it, yeah. and I kind of yeah, wanted to yeah. go ahead because they're hard to get. Yeah. I wanted to snag it. I wanted yeah. to review it and then buy it and yeah. trade my Mark Six for it. I just couldn't fall in love with the tone. Yeah. But once again, I think someone right now is thinking, "Well, you didn't get one of the good ones," and that's kind I'm of. I'm going to get one of the good ones. You're going to yeah. I'm going to keep searching yeah. until I just get one of the good ones. Just keep collecting them until you find a good one. <laughs> yeah. So assuming, okay, assuming yeah. you're not going to give your loved one a, a, you know. There's lots of other saxophones you could buy, but you really have to well, work with the saxophonist in your life. Well, let's talk about some affordable yeah, right? gifts for so, the yeah. saxophonist under the tree. What about, I don't know. <laughs> I don't keep up on these. You you let me play a. a no, I mean a, saxophones. You actually, you literally printed off a giant document. I didn't do saxophones though. No, they said saxophone gifts. Oh, oh, I didn't mean literally. Oh, gifts. Come on, Sue, read my okay. mind. Okay, well, there's so many things you could get. Well, okay. the first thing I thought of was reeds because <laughs> my my mom and dad, I mean, Santa, when I was a kid, Santa used to always put a box of reeds in my stocking. Oh, Santa. You know, Santa plays the saxophone. Well, clearly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, there's some likenesses and some iconography <laughs> depicting that. Are you serious? Oh, yes. Well, uh, I you didn't can actually, think he wanted that to the get dancing, out. The dancing Santa. Yeah, because, you know, there's some quote about, you know, the definition of a gentleman, someone who can play the saxophone but, but doesn't. <laughs> Was it W.C. Fields or something like that? I don't know. Was it W.C. Fields? So I don't know. But anyway, so Santa doesn't want to be seen playing the saxophone, even though obviously he does play the saxophone. He, he really does. It might be that actually Mrs. Claus is the real saxophone player in the family. I think that would, would track. <laughs> Maybe they both play. Why I don't I don't let's get off. Okay, the, let's the, stop you're it. Freaking me out. Okay, so but, so you but my, had a but, lot of holiday gift ideas for the modern yeah, saxophone. Yeah, so my 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 I almost said mom and dad, but obviously I mean Santa knew exactly what kind of reeds I play. So that's the only thing with that. You got to know what kind of reeds your saxophonist plays on. So go sneak a peek in their case and see what they're playing on, and go buy them some reeds first and foremost. You can always buy reeds. We're always happy for reeds. Right. Because well, we're going through reeds, man. <laughs> <laughs> While he's laughing, he's like, God, Sue, can it get more interesting? Yeah, by a, <laughs> We're going to geek out in this episode. You know, I think you should- uh, <laughs> The non-saxophone is- No, they should- <laughs> Cork grease is a great idea oh God, for this Susan stocking. Gilbert. I was laughing. I was like, well, cork grease, a nice new fresh cork grease. <laughs> well, you're one of those weirdos that- <laughs> I like cork grease. Well, you I also, use cork you grease. use cork grease. I, I do. Yeah. I do. I use cork grease like every time I play because I don't want to rip the cork off and I, I want my mouthpiece okay. to be able to move easily enough that if I'm out of tune, I can I can adjust it on yeah. the fly. I haven't used cork grease since <laughs> 1992. I don't understand that. And a lot of my students don't have any okay. in their case. Well, okay, so like, I have not, I honestly, I don't think I've used cork grease since 1992. Uh, guess, ask me how many corks I've ripped. Zero. Zero. You've ripped zero. Yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, I just, it's part of my ritual. I put a little cork grease on the cork, you know? Yeah. I can't, you, you know, can't help me. It's <laughs> got to go somewhere, you know? That cork grease is going somewhere. You don't think it's going into it's the not, cork? It's not infinitely being absorbed into the cork. And then so every time you have a cork grease, it's got to go somewhere. Okay. So, and now think about where's it going, Sue? 
I don't know. How many how many tubes of cork grease have you gone through? Oh, very few. <laughs> okay, fair I enough. I don't put very much I on. mean, we apparently ingest a credit card's worth of plastic every year. So maybe Stu Fancher's oh. eating a tube of chapstick worth of cork grease every year. I have sometimes resorted okay. to chapstick. What's your favorite brand of cork well, grease? Well, Van Dorn, of course. I didn't realize they made cork grease. All right, let's yeah. move on to slightly more interesting okay, gifts. Okay, a reed case or a reed holder. Yeah, don't so, buy those yet. Yeah, because there's a superior item coming out soon. Oh, my soon. God. So buy a really cheap one while you wait for the really I good one. I say put your reeds in a darn shoebox until. So, so I have students, you know those little plastic sleeves that the reeds come in? Yeah. And you slide the reed out. So my students will, like, store them back in those little plastic yeah. sleeves. And I tell them, don't do that. Get a reed case or a reed holder that will hold your reeds flat while they dry so they don't warp, don't put them. And besides, you risk breaking them every time you put them in. And out. Oh, you're looking at reeds. Sue, uh, so I've been putting my reeds in uh, those cases since 1992. No, you have not. Do You've you, got a reed holder. Do you want to know how many reeds I've broken? Okay, that's because you're Probably hundreds. <laughs> not, yeah, I'm, I'm we do have agreement. reed cases, yeah. yeah. So I will say don't, don't buy a reed case yet. Yeah. Um, unless you have to. Unless Christmas. you have to. Unless because, you're, because you can get some for like five or six bucks. That right. Hold but I, uh, I yeah. have, so uh, this thing, oh great, Dr. Wally's going to have a reed case. So here's the thing. Yeah, but it's going to be a, a really lot of cool the, reed case. This is not going to be, I'm not knocking anyone. I'm knocking some people here. Okay. A lot of <laughs> other companies and saxophone people and business and brands have like, oh, we've got our reed case. We've got our next strap. We've got our, and they're just what they call OEM products, which it means you go on Alibaba.com. You find a Chinese company that makes neck straps, reed cases, even uh, mouthpieces and necks. Oh, yeah. And then they will stamp your logo on it, right. sell it to you for pennies on the dollar, and then you mark it up. Um, there's a couple people out there selling sa aftermarket saxophone necks, and it's roughly a 600% markup from what oh, they're wow. paying on Alibaba. Yeah. So a lot of people are doing that with reed cases. They buy these kind of generic wooden reed cases with a flat thing. They get their embossed logo on that reed case. And they're like, oh, it's the... Wacky right. sex reed case or insert your company in here. This right. is not what I'm doing. Right. I have actually uh, partnered with Verit Design Studios in Sydney, nice. Australia, because I've become friends with the uh, owner of Verit oh, Design Studios. That's great. And oh, which I need to give a shout out here in yeah. a second. So uh, we became friends and we are absolutely nerdy about aesthetics and style. Yeah. And like we both nerd out of the picture of a um, of Paul Desmond playing at the Playboy Club and there's a Playboy bunny hitting on Paul Desmond and he just looks completely disinterested. He's, yeah. trying, he's like just smoking a cigarette and looking at his reed. You know, he's like, <laughs> oh, it's like, the saxophone used to be cool. And for a middle-aged <laughs> guy, for a middle-aged guy with not much going on in your life, the saxophone is a way to feel cool again. Yeah. And we feel like a lot of the modern offerings don't match the beauty of the saxophone. Yeah. So we're really setting up to not only have great function and performance, yeah. but to change that. So we are working on a reed case. Yeah that has incredible style, incredible projection, and a really satisfying gesturing of opening. Awesome. And uh, I can't, I don't want to talk about so much inspiration. Yep. I'm so in love with it. So it is not an OEM product. I didn't just pay someone off Alibaba and they put my logo right. on there. And it's right. going to be a new brand coming out. So I will say, hold up on the reed case because you're about to see the coolest reed case. Okay. Um, and you're just going to want to have it. But you can look online. There are lots of really... Garbage ones. <laughs> All right. so, if you need a recase. So recase. Okay. What else? Ligature. Oh, maybe, yes. Maybe your, your student's ready for an upgrade from that kind of basic two-screw, you know, ligature that comes two with some- Two screws. Ain't nobody I got know, time for that. But you know, also, I want to remember to mention that, of course, 
basically a ligature has to hold the reed on the mouthpiece. So if you have an inexpensive ligature, it doesn't mean that it's a bad ligature. So you don't have to get the $700 <laughs> Van Dorn carbon if, ligature. Although, wait, I gotta hold say, on. I love it. <laughs> Sue Fancher just slipped me a note under the table. It says, if you're not playing carbon fiber, you're a garbage player. <laughs> no, Sue, that's very classist. <laughs> Not all of us have Van Doren sending us well, seven hundred dollars ligatures. Back in the day, we used to have a lot of fun joking about the the pink gold or the rose gold, rose gold. the rose gold yeah. uh, M O Van Doren ligature, which is also not super cheap. It's fifty some bucks. But well, it's, it's more than that. Great. I think. Oh, it's maybe more than that. Well, I'll, I'll look it up because uh, okay. I will say that's a that's a lovely ligature. It is. They but have you know a what? they have a lacquer. They have the same M O ligature that's just regular lacquer that's cheaper. It's fine. Okay. I mean, the rose gold is beautiful, and I don't know if you. The if rose you, gold's about a hundred bucks. And and the regular lacquer one is is closer to fifty, right? Mm. 50, 60 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like that. But but the thing is, Wally, if you blindfolded 75. me, is it 75? Okay. Yeah, I'm it's not going to blindfold up. you. It's inflation. And and you handed me the rose gold one or the lacquer one, I don't really think I would have been able to tell the difference, but, honestly. But would you be able to tell the difference between the rose gold and the uh, carbon fiber? I I wouldn't bet my life on it. I would like to think Would you yes. bet $700 on it? <laughs> well, I don't know. But anyway, but it's beautiful. Anyway, but, but there's lots of good ligatures out there. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't mean to keep beating an exciting yeah. horse, but uh, I wouldn't buy a ligature just yet either. Oh, are you coming out with a ligature too? It's, once again, with Verit Design Studios, we got a suite of products coming out. There's going to ah. be a new saxophone company launching here in the new year. Yeah. It will. Okay. Um, we've already got um, pictures from one of our um, suppliers in China of the prototypes. Okay. Uh, should be making its way before. Apparently, the Chinese take off quite a few weeks in the new year. In January. Oh, isn't that nice? The factory's closed down. Great. So I'm going to be getting a prototype in before the new year. Awesome. Um, and I got to say, I just don't think people are making good ligatures anymore. Okay. I'm okay. Kidding. Okay. No, there's great <laughs> ones. But there's going to be a great one coming out. This is exciting, exciting though. Pretty soon you won't have to go to any company. You'll just go to like saxophoneacademy.com and here's the product to buy. Oh, a new company. Yes. New company. Yeah, it won't be Saxophone Academy, Brandon. Well, we'll link to it. I don't know. <laughs> probably, probably can't be bothered. Okay. So no, no. I will say the Van Dorn. If you if you need a ligature and you need it now, yeah. Van Dorn MO is just such a good option. The Van Dorn MO is a great option. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. Now Van Dorn could pony up a little cash for this podcast. I know. Uh, right. Uh, but, you send us tea at least. I don't want a Van Dorn tea. <laughs> you know they'd make the tea bag in the shape of a V. Uh, they would. Or they'd put a little V on the little tag that. Right. That I could find. I'd be fine with that, but I'd prefer it. Like, I don't know what their flavor would be. Oh, gosh. Var. The Var. Uh. Chai. I don't know. Let's see. What else would your, your saxophonist might need? Your favorite saxophonist might need a new mouthpiece. They might be ready to move up from that stock student mouthpiece that came along with their saxophone. If they're a classical player, of course, the old, you know, they still make those old uh, summer, um, the Sea Star mouthpiece, mm -hmm. which is still a really great solid mouthpiece for band, quartet. Right. You can kind of get away with it, maybe in jazz a little bit. It's not, it's not really a jazz mouthpiece. Or, you know, my favorite is still the Van Doren Optimum line. Um, Tim McAllister's Bakun, uh, TM1, TM2, those are the great. The vocalese line. Yeah, yeah, those are great. There's oh, there's so many beautiful. I'd make a good stocking. Sto actually, yeah, make a great stocking stuff. Yeah, I mean, they're not cheap, but, you right. know, the thing about a good mouthpiece is 
Oh, uh, I guess it's not really true. I was going to say you only buy it once, but they last years and years and yeah. years before maybe at some point, the especially the hard rubber ones, maybe you need to replace them. But honestly, I don't replace mine more than like, ah, it's embarrassing almost to say probably once every 10 years. Van Doren says every three soon. Oh, geez. They That's have an article they on sell it. Them. They do? You are the worst I endorsing art. You know, when my well, line of product comes out, you're yeah. not going to be an artist. You'd be like, oh. I know. Yeah. But I might play it. And tell people I play it. Mm -hmm. That's kind. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't probably be very good at all the specs and no. stuff. While the Capitalism and stuff. Susan Fancher don't get along terribly well. <sighs> um, what am I going to do? Teach entrepreneurship. So do you have some jazz mouthpiece? Yeah. I am going to teach entrepreneurship I, because I don't do well in capitalism. Wait, no, but, that's kind of. <laughs> but step one of the entrepreneurial musician is getting yeah. your art into the world, which you're yeah. very good at. Oh. So uh, jazz mouthpieces, I will say um, a, a really great option is, and I have a financial interest in this, so okay. I can't be completely unbiased. But, but if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't. I, well, Support we it. trust you with the that. Windy City Woodwinds uh, 56, the PLA version. It's yeah. 3D printed, but it's 100% infill, high resolution, 12 hour print that is hand faced. Wow. They play like a million bucks. They're barely over 100 bucks. They look cool. Yeah. Uh, customer service by my friends, Windy City out in Chicago. Um, I just think that is, I'm so proud to have worked on that to get yeah. like a really solid jazz mouthpiece out into the world. Hand faced for barely over a hundred. Okay, here's a question for you, Wally. Yeah. Because maybe you know, maybe no, Santa I, Claus I am, is listening. Full disclosure: for me. I am biased, and I I do own a part of that project. Fair enough. So I do. But have you a do actually interest. like it? Oh, I wouldn't have, have done it. Yeah. Before we we you know went ahead with it, like I slept on you know I I like would wake up in the middle of the night panicked. Yeah. I don't want to sell anything that I don't 100% yeah. believe in. So I remember, like, I would wake up crack it on, go down to my studio and play it. Like, <laughs> is it, is it, is it good? really still good? <laughs> is it as good as I think it is? Yeah. It was really important uh, to me. Well, yeah, no, for real. But here's the question in case yeah. Santa's listening. Because um, I have a Meyer 6 mm -hmm. that I, uh, for my Alto jazz mouthpiece that I like, but I don't love because it really should be refaced or something like that because it kind of chirps a little bit. Instead of like paying money to get it refaced, I'm, I, so what I need is a mouthpiece when I, I'm going to, play um, Gershwin with the orchestra or when I need a jazz mouthpiece for a big band or, you know, if I do some little jazz gig, um, I need something where I can pick it up, play on it, and I don't have to spend a week getting my embouchure to adjust from the fact that 99% of the time I'm playing classical. Is that a good candidate for me or not? Oh, incredibly good. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Like, I, I won't call it a beginning mouthpiece, but it's just one of those things where you put it on and if you have any sound concept that's kind of the mid-century, yeah. the classic era of jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want anything wacky. I just right. want to sound like Right, it's like that. Yeah. It's, it's, I got to try one. Yeah, you would... Uh, I'm going to try one. Okay. I probably have a desk drawer full of them. But I'll, I'll, there, I'll there's a good option for your student. You know, you've got... Or your saxophonist or whatever... Yeah. stage of life. I hate, I hate selling stuff. Full, so full disclosure, I have a financial interest in that, but I, I Fair enough. Myers now, are now, good. You know? Myers are okay. I, yep. I think the Van yeah, I think Dorn, they're inconsistent. If you don't know uh, what your saxophone in your life wants and you just want a, 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 a good jazz mouthpiece, I think a Van Doren A6 or A7 if they're more experienced, just, it's a great workhorse. Yeah. And, and they're, they're reasonably priced. Yeah. They're well-made. Van Doren milling, uh, their precision milling is just great. I think I have one in my drawer at home. I should try that. <laughs> um, if you want a true um, Meyer, 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 I will say my friend Brian, um, my dealer. Yeah. Saxon dealer, not my drug dealer. My, right. my drug dealer, Eddie, does not sell mouthpieces. <laughs> um, he's got the GS New York as one of the better mouthpieces. Now, uh, Wendy City Women's also has the 64, which is great. Yeah. It's a new design. This is just the copy of Brian's best Meyer. 
Right. Um, and I don't have one anymore because Chris Peebles came over and played it, and he didn't ask me. He just took it. He's like, by the way, this uh, is, I'm taking this with me. That means he liked so it a lot. So a lot of people really <laughs> love that. It's brighter than the 64 or the 56. It's got a nice sparkle to it. So if you really like, uh, you know, the kind of uh, Phil Woods, Cannibal, Adderley, a lot of zip to the Meyer. Yeah. It's a great mouthpiece. Awesome. So that's another good choice. And that's that's under $200. So that's cool. a good choice. You, yeah. You got to treat yourself. Well, yeah. And yeah. you've been good this year, right? Or your saxophonist has been good this year, so they deserve something they nice. They do it, yeah. yeah. Or just like you know, print right. out print out the uh, the sales slip and just give it to your spouse and say, "Order this for me." What about a neck strap? There are so many neck straps out well, there. Well, let's put a pin in that one too. Sue, we, oh, the come third. On, Molly, are you going to make me a real pretty neck strap so I don't have this ugly thing okay, when I'm so playing? So I have been talking. So once again, um, so I this has been just such an interesting Sheesh. passion. You know, I really did not plan this as like a setup for all your products. Well, I know, but this is I, working but, out great. Well, I didn't want to talk about it because they're not ready. <laughs> but I brought it up. So um, of the, we're launching with three <laughs> product suites with the new company with um, with where I'm working with uh, Verit Design Studios. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, with Andrew and I have the owner of Verit and have been working on the ligature with Sabrina on his other team, um, also on his team. He's This is a large design firm. I'm really yeah. glad he likes the saxophone in me. Yeah, So right? I've been working with two of his other designers, Rakefe and Nuti, yeah. on uh, Neckstrap and Reed Case. And Rakefe has yeah. a background in the fashion industry. That's nice. And so <laughs> he has kind of Okay, ladies, this, we're this. finally going to get a decent looking neck strap made. Well, and that's like, and it was kind of like, <laughs> do we want the neck strap that looks like an orthopedic brace made for people with avian bone syndrome? Or do we want just a classic neck strap that looks like a neck strap for those of us that don't get choked out by our neck straps? Right. I don't understand like the weird bars and stuff. Like, Yeah. Well, here's, here, can I do a little aside on the neck strap thing? Yeah. So I have a neck strap that says it's for alto or tenor. Mm -hmm. And I'm like- Wait, that doesn't make any sense to me because the alto and the tenor are different size instruments and the placement of the ring where you hold the instrument, they're at different heights. So it doesn't make sense to try to make a neck strap that works for both because if I use it and it fits great on the tenor, then when I use it for the alto, I have to put that, that little adjuster up so high that then it squeezes here. Mm. So the thing is, make the neck strap a little bit closer to person size specific. Make them in different sizes. And don't try to make one, I understand, you know, that it's cheaper to make one that works on all different sizes instruments. But like where the length of the neck strap from how I hold my soprano versus how you might hold your soprano versus the alto for me versus the tenor versus right. the berry, I need different length neck straps. And what I found is I have had these neck straps that I've had to shorten just so the adjuster doesn't have to come up so high. Yeah, it looked like you're wearing a you, tie. No. Yeah, and you, because you said, you know, something about choking him. That made me think of that, you know, choke. Yeah, I have to like almost choke myself. And so then I have to like tie off the neck strap so that it's not so long. Right. So make them, that would be my two cents, make them in different sizes. Well, that would have been really useful information before pre-production. So, no, I'm kidding. Sorry. Kidding, kidding. It, no. <laughs> These are the discussions. Right now, we're, we're, we're nailing down the, the function and the style, and then the length will be a, a separate discussion. Awesome. I have one next strap that works good for both, tenor and alto. Yeah. I, I um, could imagine it. But you, like, imagine, like, um, if you're a, a nine-year-old kid just starting out, and your neck's, like, you know, eight inches around, and then you're a full, you know, full-size human you know what's strange? <laughs> Sue just mentioned a kid with an eight-inch neck, and then she very clearly made a strangling gesture. Uh, no, she did. I was like an eight-inch an eight neck, and then she held her hands out, a la Homer Simpson. No, you're gonna get me in trouble here. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, so people are different sizes, and necks are different sizes, and and also how you like to. Anyway, 
But there are lots of good neck straps out there right now that you can buy while you're waiting for Wally. Waiting for, yeah, it's not going to be called the Wally. What we call the Wally strap. <laughs> that you. sounds terrible. So as far as the length, uh, Rikefe Nuti, I hope you're listening. Yeah, um, think about that. Yeah. But make some nice ones so that you know. You know, the women out there who some of us usually will just use a plain old black neck strap and that's fine. But, you know, there are like probably also people of all genders out there who wouldn't mind a little bling or right. pretty well, colors or, just, or, or some, something that, yeah. that has a little bit of a little uh, bit of style. Yeah, because, you know, you can't get away from the fact that you've got this stupid neck strap on. And so Hillary Tan, composer Hillary Tan said yeah. to me once when I was playing her concerto um, in, in uh, Bangkok, in Thailand at the World Saxophone. Um, Congress, she looked at me, you know, I had my fancy dress and blah, 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 you know, looked really great. And then I have this, you know, black neck strap that kind of squeezes together my neck. And she's like, do you have to have that? And I'm like, well, yeah. And she's like, oh, that's kind of too bad. It sort of ruins the look. And I was like, wow, okay. And I don't necessarily want rhinestones and all that, although somebody else might want that. But, you know, she had a point and I've been thinking about that. How about a comfortable, good well-functioning, adjust, you know, easily enough that you can adjust it while you're performing, but not so easily that it slips, Right. you know, so it really works well, but it looks beautiful and in different colors. So like if my dress is red or my dress is black or blue or silver or gold, I, I could have some something that looks would, nice. Well, here's the thing, How about like, a rose gold next strap? Rose gold. <laughs> These are like, I'm just going to take notes and, and do this. <laughs> Also, I like so. Also, the 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 um, the 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 kind of philosophy behind this product line is that these are performance things. So, like at home, you might want a giant giant ass box for your reeds. Who cares? Yeah. But on stage, I want to have a small, uh, stylish yeah. case that yeah. easily slides in a pocket or sits unobtrusively on a stand yeah. that I can open on the stand without having to set it down, open a flip up a thing. Yeah. Same thing with the next strap. Like you may very well use. Sometimes, if I have a long day, I'll put it on a harness. And oh, if yeah, I'm going it's alto and tenor, yeah, yeah, I'll do yeah, that, yeah. put my jacket over it. Uh, but when I'm going out and around downtown for a pub crawl, uh, the chamber music crawl, yeah. like I want something that's polished. And I good. don't want to be yeah. wearing a brosier right. uh, or a man's ear while <laughs> right. I'm out. I know, right? I just wanted to slide the next strap off and get out with my life. Yeah. So we are making things that like you may, may, sure, maybe you practice with these big clunky things. But when you get dressed up and you're on the stage, yeah. you want something that is absolutely well-made and well-crafted, yeah. adjusts super fluidly opens for, in the case of the reed case or adjusts beautifully yeah. for in the case of the ligature, but actually look as beautiful as your Sonar Supreme or your Mark yeah, VI. Yeah, exactly. You feel special when you use it. So that's what we're doing. I'm so excited. Yeah, well, we can't get away from the fact that we have to have it, so it's okay if we draw a little attention to it. I think so. Yeah, yeah. But you can have one like the ones we have now that are just plain black and then, you know, yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to just have a so so if you really want to get a neck strap now for somebody, like if you've got a saxophonist in your life or you yourself have one of those kind of stretchy neck straps that don't hold the saxophone in a stable position, get rid of it, get a new neck strap, the BG leather with the absorbent cotton. You know, uh, lining on the neck. The fruit part. of the loom next yeah. step. <laughs> Sounds like that, doesn't it? Yeah. It's great. I've had one for, I don't know, 20 some years. It's it, it's just great. It works great. It adjusts just right. Yeah. Um, I have had some in the past that were made for tenor slash alto and I had to adjust them. Um, but the most recent one I bought works great. I don't have to yeah. pull the, the slider up till it's joking. My yeah, don't neck. get the, the big um, spongy bouncy ones. No, those um, are no good. Uh, I, I don't want to name the company. No, 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 it. don't do right. it. But but a, ni- a good neck strap, you know, it's going to set you back. Oh, I looked it up. You know, 
50 bucks for the leather one, and they have a nylon one, but, yeah. you know, you want something. I like the absorbent cotton lining on the leather because it, it breathes, and if you sweat, can we say that? If you get all sweating <laughs> while you're playing and, and, you know, you don't want this nylon on your neck. That's then. why Although I play West Coast Cool School. There yeah, you go. You see, you don't sweat. Yeah. But, you know, and it, it adjusts really nicely. I've had it for, I mean, like I said, 20-some yeah. years, and it's the, great. BG makes, makes fine fine. That'll fine hold products. you until Wally gets his neck straps out. Yeah. And, well, you need more than one. You need one to practice at home, and yeah. then you need your fancy you one. You can for, keep your clunky, you know, yeah. frumpy... Yeah. Sweat absorbent. Yeah. BG also makes a harness style. So if you need a harness style for whatever reason. Yeah, the BG harness you know, is they, absolutely They fine. make those too. Very good. And, you know, Van Dorn has these neck straps that have the little V here adjuster. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. So <laughs> when you design products, when you're working with a, with a design it. firm, you you come up with mood boards. And so, <laughs> and you and part of it is you, you do a, a, an analysis of what's currently on the market. Yeah. And so um, that that Van Doren strap was on the uh, <laughs> considerations <laughs> <So funny. laughs> to maybe counter. <laughs> you or, know what is nice about it is the little V. So the adjuster, there's a little space it holds apart the two the two little nylon stringy thingies, yeah. whatever. So there's a little bit less of this kind of pressing your neck together in the yeah, middle. But you know what also <laughs> what could also separate this bit strands other than a giant plastic purple V. It's not purple, it's black on mine. Oh is it? Okay. Oh I just, purple, that's a good idea. Oh <laughs> you no. shouldn't have told them right, that. I do straps. have one of those in my in my uh, soprano case. So beyond gear, yeah, okay. we also talked about another great gift idea would be sheet music. Sheet music. What yeah. would you get? What would you so get the sex you're, your life? Oh, I was thinking about this last night. I'm like, okay, so say, you know, you're you're your your kid is a classical saxophone player and they're pretty good and ready to handle the the standard rep what we consider the essential standard rep you know too many of the the students these days have a pdf or a photocopy and they just use that first of all it's illegal mm-hmm. but and and my students are as bad at this as anybody else's. So you're saying over at Duke University, you guys are breaking the law oh quite a bit? Oh my God, you kidding me? Jeez. And so, you know, sometimes I will give them a photocopy or a PDF just to get started and they're supposed to order the music. And it's, oh, oh, I forgot. Oh yeah, that's right. I have to do that. Oh yeah, I meant to do that. Oh, I'm waiting for my parents to blah, blah, blah. There's always an excuse and they yeah. don't. They just do. And then I let them perform with a photocopy because the concert's tomorrow and they don't have an original I had a professor so, that would just full out say, you know, play your recital. You I failed. should do that. Well, yeah. maybe I have to draw a line in the sand and, well, and next and, semester. And, it's yeah. not that expensive to buy one or it's two. It's a textbook. Piece, not even, right? Well, I mean, I mean so, but like, yeah. no, it, it's But that is your textbook for the course. You're right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, and yeah. so like, uh, yes, you have to buy the $500 biology book up front. These you have to order at, throughout the semester. But yeah. um, I had a professor that was in the syllabus that like, you, this is part of your studies. Yeah, and I'm going to do that. Like clockwork would say, in two weeks, we're going to be playing this piece, order it today, call yeah. Ebel Music over in Illinois yeah. or Indiana or wherever Wherever. They are, and it would be there by then. Just Oh, once. for sure, and, yeah. And it would, if it wasn't in there, then you could fail your lesson that week because yeah. he said, during this lesson, you will come in with this piece. Yeah. 
You can get it from the library. You can borrow it from another student, but you will have the sheet music in hand. Yeah, and it was just- Or it was you're not just, prepared for that lesson and you failed that lesson. But this is not just in music now. I think this is in all the classes. The students are much more averse to actually buying books and putting down some money. When we went to school, I mean, I took math classes. A lot of times that math book was, and this was a while ago, so there are a lot more now. Mm-hmm. That math textbook was 125 bucks, which, you know, I'm not from a wealthy family. That was- that was a lot of money, but yeah. I budgeted for that. And, you know, I had my work study money and that was part of part of the cost of going to school was buying, you know, between $100 and $200 worth of material for each class every semester. Oh, I know. Yeah, when students say, I can't afford the textbook, they're like, Johnny, I got bad news about your activities fees that you don't realize that you're paying, buddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's that. But anyway, so you should make sure that your saxophonist has an original copy of the Boza Aria. I think everyone should have a copy of the Boza Aria. Yeah. That is probably the number one most requested piece that I've actually got paid Casey money to Kasem play. Casey Kasem finally so, just disconnected his phone. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> he got tired of hearing yeah. the request for the Boza Aria, yeah. Oh, Crest and Sonata. The whole piece is fantastic. Get that second movement again. That's one. You know, I will get a call and say, "Hey, you know, we want to come play in church. How about that second movement of the Creston Sonata it's for reals, right?" And you're like, "Show me the money." And I I'll know, come, right? I'll, I'll um, if they've got those pieces, how about the Ebert Concertino mm-hmm. de Camera? I would say that's that's a piece every classical saxophonist really should play. I know we don't want to say, oh, these pieces are essential, but that piece is really, really standard. Part of the history. I think even as it's, a jazz yeah. player, it's, it, historically, it's neat. It gets quoted in jazz solos, it actually. Does. Da, 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 yeah. da, da, da. Um, the Glazunov Concerto, you know, whether you love the piece or I do. don't. I do. I do, too, or don't love it. I think if it's, you know, Tim McAllister's point that we could play some of this music better. Right. Um, that really was like, mm, you know, and that was kind of a striking I'm comment. Glad, I thought, yeah, mm, well, someone I'm glad who, he said that. Uh, yes, and I think all these people that like, you know, it's a it's a meme in the classical saxophone youth community, youths that you know, oh, Glazunov is garbage. Glazunov is terrible, and I was like, mm, you guys aren't really. even on the level to be critiquing it. This sounds a very, but like, you know, if a violinist played it and we didn't know what it was, we'd be like, oh gosh, I wish we had their rep. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. It, the issues with the performances, not with the music. Yeah. We got to play it better. Concerto. Yep. Because it yeah. does get long and yeah, boring no, there at some I, point, I gotta, but maybe I, we can I, play hold better. Hold on. I got a soapbox again on here. Okay. I am really tired of, of, of Johnny and Jenny's, you know, first year master degree students <laughs> that, you know, can't play the boats of Aryan tune, but they're thinking they know more than Alexander Glazunov, a celebrated 19th century composer, 20th century. Whatever. You get my point. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he celebrated huge colossus of classical music. You're like, yeah. uh, my professor says it's not very good, and I'm going to make fun. I'm like, you know what? Just play better, Johnny. Sorry, okay. I got my soapbox Not said. Yeah. Well, I can't argue with that. You know what jazz I, books I they should buy? What? None. They should learn it off the record. Oh, yeah. that's hardcore. I, I think the best Christmas gift you can give someone is to steal their real book. And burn it. Really? Yeah. You don't think they should go out and buy a real book? No. Should I burn mine? No, don't burn it. No, okay. okay look, it's a functional thing. I just had this, this uh, conversation in a Zoom with some of my students. Um, that it's, we, I'm being facetious with yeah, the, the, sure. the with real book. But the, it's the problem is, it's that, imagine in your fridge, you had really tasty food always there. Yeah. And also, for a lot more effort, you could get a salad with some fresh broccoli. Yeah. 
you know, people are like, I'm hungry. I'm just going to grab this. Oh, it's just so right. easy. It's right here. But you had to, so you had to walk two stories up to a different room in your house to get a salad and some broccoli and it was yeah. more work. It's that way with learning jazz. It's so easy to grab the real book, read the melody, learn the chord changes. And I will say any tune that I first played or consistently played out of the real book, I do not have memorized or learned in the same way. That's something I learned yeah. by learning the melody and learning yeah. off the record. Yeah. And so maybe learn fewer tunes and learn them the right way. Yes. But then here's the, the reality. Cause yeah. then um, one of my students was bringing this up and then it's like, but, I, but I've got a gig coming up and I yeah. got like, for real. so yeah. the real answer is you have both. You train yourself to every week you're working on a jazz standard. But then if your friends call you up and say, Hey, let's go play at the coffee shop and some jazz standards. Yes. Bring Take your real book. The real book. Yeah. 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 yeah, then, yeah. So then, you all have the, so you have some tunes that are like really well known and you're, and you're kind of, you're trying to rebalance that pie chart. Yeah, so because you need a lot of tunes, right? And if I will find, game. and then uh, with my my colleague at the Sacramento Academy, Christopher Peoples, um, when we talk about really learning a tune, memorizing and playing the melody again and again and again, yes, it's that basis for improvisation, yeah. it's basis for everything. And I will say, whenever I read something out of the rule book, it just does not. I don't learn it the same way, right? Well, when you go to see Ramford Marsalis with his group perform, there's no sheet music on a stand. He's anywhere. hiding the real like, book. You don't. You don't <laughs> see it. Oh, he's, it's there. He's got a real book. You know what? This makes me think of. Remember I, I mentioned last time that I got asked to play Christmas carols outdoors for an event at my church? And what is, what's the pay for that gig, Sue? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. So, Sue, what I'm going to I'm going to get into heaven. That's what my pay is. So that's pretty good, right? <laughs> you're, you're, go she's there. doubling down on <laughs> You're doubling down on Pascal's wager. <laughs> yeah. so, for, so, for Christmas, I'm going to get you the word no. Okay. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So um, I'll I, I'll make the story short, but it was a do it for Dolly, do it for Dolly event at my church. Dolly, Dolly Parton? No, Dolly Jacobs was a pastor at my church oh. who suddenly passed away very suddenly oh. a few years back. And they do uh, an event every year where they um, – have people drive by and bring canned goods and music for gotcha. uh, music. Ah, no food for <laughs> food for the soul. No food for the people to actually eat. It's really useful to them. And so they asked me if I would come and play Christmas carols during this event. I mean, so it was a total feel good and it made me really happy. And I thought about Dolly and how much she just did for everybody. And so willingly and graciously, all the time and how generous she was. So it was for those reasons. But the reason I you just made me think of this is I was like, that morning, I was like, oh man, I was supposed to like prepare some Christmas carols. Well, I know Christmas carols inside and out because I've been singing them. They're part of my faith tradition. I've been singing them since, since I don't know, I was three years old or something like that. So I didn't know Satanists sang Christmas carols. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, what I should have done was like, like make a list of them because like thinking of all of them on the spot mm -hmm. would have been hard. So I should have made a list and I should have played them by ear just from memory, really by ear and like made a note of what starting note would put them in nice, easy keys to play in. Right. Front of. That's what I should have done. But I didn't do that preparation, Wally. So what I did is I went upstairs to my music collection and I dug out a couple of these um, alto sax with pre-recorded track books that I have that I had bought to use with my students so I would have Christmas carols and I dragged them along with a music stand in order to play this little standing out in the cold gig. But if I had done the work to, you know, just learn them by ear, by memory, however you want to say, right. you know, like you're talking about with, you know, that I mean, would have been a lot more satisfying. The moral of this is, <laughs> yes, do it for Dolly. Yeah. 
<laughs> but make it easy. <laughs> right. Right. So speaking of, uh, so that I don't recommend buying jazz music uh, as a Christmas gift. Um, but I will say, I think I have one. Uh, I think we, you know we got we got to get going on with our days here. Yeah. I have one. I think um, really great idea for Christmas gift, and and this goes to a shout out to the Nexus Saxophone Quartet. Oh. So um, my friend that owns Verit Design Studios is a saxophonist, a uh, friend of mine, brilliant oh, right. designer. And I, for Christmas, I wanted to get him a lesson. So because we oh, work together. Oh, that's a great idea. I give two private lessons in the universe. Yeah. And they're for people that I can't and wouldn't take their money. Right. But, so there's two people on earth I give private lessons to via Zoom. But it's not the same as being in person. Right. It's just really not. No, so for, for Christmas, real. I yeah. wanted to see like, man, is there a really good saxophonist in Sydney that I could let him go and just be in person and play with someone in person. Yeah. And so I reached out on Facebook and I said, hey, what saxophones do I know in Sydney? And the Nexus Boys. Remember yeah, when we reviewed their fantastic yeah, yeah, Tango yeah. CD? Yeah. The Nexus Boys were like, here, Wally, here, Wally. We're right here, Wally. I don't know if Ready to help you. <laughs> yeah, and like, so I, I just, the first one that commented that I, I've had some correspondence with Andrew Smith. Yeah. Uh, I said, hey, can would you give a lesson to my, my friend Andrew? And, you know, we're designing saxophone yeah. products. And like, and he's like, yeah. He's, my, he's my email. And For so real. Andrew yeah. drove out around the, you know, apparently it was really because why he got to meet one-on-one with a member of the Nexus Saxophone oh, Quartet. what a great gift. Get a one in lesson. And so I've been bugging. This is, so then a very heartwarming shout out to Andrew Smith of the Nexus Saxophone Quartet. So hey. I sent an email and two Facebook messages like, hey, what is your fee? I want to pay you. I want to, yeah. I want to buy this lesson as yeah. a Christmas gift for my friend Andrew. Yeah. Crickets. Yeah. He would not respond. I know. And so my friend Andrew showed up. Yeah. He said, I'm guessing it sounded like this. Don't worry about it, Mike. It's all taken yeah. care of. You got a got a guardian angel over the no, actually, he's yeah. just such a nice guy. He did yeah. it. He just uh, did it. Um, pro bono. And so Aww. huge, gracious thank you to Andrew Smith of the Nexus Saxophone Quartet. It's a great idea for a gift, though. I think I think an in-person lesson. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if well, actually. Gosh, I'm just terrible at the saxophone academy. We'll be rolling here in the New York. But <laughs> I was about to say, don't, oh my gosh! I was, I, about, <laughs> I was about to say, don't buy virtual lessons. That is like, oh wait, I'm I'm gonna actually open the doors here in a, in a month, so I need to be careful. But no, uh, there's nothing like an in-person lesson with a local teacher. So I think right, yeah. buying a lesson with a local it helps your local economy. It helps musicians. And, you know, you could make a friend for life. I have another idea for a great Christmas gift. If so, help me God. If it's by Van Doren, <gasps> I'm going to hit you. You know, Kenny G has three Christmas albums. <laughs> I'm looking at the sound, the sound wave in my digital audio workspace. You have, there's peak levels and then there's, and then, the, I and then there's the Kenny G level. Oh my God. So, so yeah, I'm looking at the. <laughs> The, the the sound waveform on the recording software. <laughs> when Sue talks about Kenny G, I get warning lights. Oh, stop! I'm, not, okay. I'm just laughing because I mean I think this this episode sort of like summarizes everything we've talked about from the beginning of the podcast. To yeah. Now. Oh, but you know what my my personal favorite Christmas CD I gotta say is what Barbara Streisand's A Christmas Album. It is still my husband has bought me two full CD boxes. That's like 50 CDs either made or bought for me um, of Christmas CDs. So I have two boxes full of Christmas CDs. That Barbra Streisand CD is still my favorite. It's still my favorite. Although Mark makes these wonderful mixes. Every year he makes a, a Mark's Christmas mix. Or like... Wicker, 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 wicker. No, like, okay. he just goes out there and like finds a 
Oh, buys okay. A so he's of, not like it's okay, a compilation doing that DJ Angerberg and he buys the tracks. So it's all like, and he burns a few CDs and Aww. everything, and he sends them out to family. You members. You guys are the most adorable Gen Xers I know. I know, right? We're total Gen X. You're like you are like <laughs> you and Mark are like the quintessential <laughs> vanguard of Gen Xers. Yeah, that even is to so the point funny. where I'm a, I'm the tail end of Gen X. Well, not the tail end. I'm still firmly Gen X, but I'm like, I don't know, that's almost a little too much. <laughs> we are total Gen Like, X. yeah, let's not yeah. live our life in a yeah. coffee shop, Sue. So. I don't um, live my life in a coffee so, shop. Okay. I make good coffee So if home. you're going to get a, a, a Christmas CD, <laughs> this is not a sex phone organization. I think Vince Coraldi's Christmas album is maybe <gasps> the most beautiful thing ever recorded. That's great, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. What's a good jazz one? Well, there's there's a lot. There's a lot. But that's I, a thing. But there's I don't a lot. think there's anything as good as Vince Guaraldi. Okay. And that's not saxophone related. That's so, fine. Neither is Barbara Streisand. So except for those get melodies. Barbara Streisand. Yeah. Vince Guaraldi and buy a new Summer Supreme saxophone. There you go. And you're gonna have a very merry Christmas. Yes. If you get one of the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. Happy holidays. We're going to see you in January, I think. Yes. Uh, we're going to be traveling and spending some time with our families for the holidays. Yeah. So hopefully everyone has a most wonderful Merry Christmas. Yeah. And when you have time. Go practice. Go practice, you goobers. <laughs> Happy holidays, everyone. Bye. <laughs>